You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we get towards the end of the Mishnah of Eruvin, we have been creeping along, we've been changing subject in a creeping fashion. Some people would say, in England they say segway, when you shift sideways from subject to subject. And we, in the, the beginning of this last chapter, we were talking about public and private and maybe moving something in a private domain from a public domain or vice versa, putting a hand from one domain to the other. And from that discussion, we got into keys, locks. What if you stretched out your hand and locked something? And from keys, we got into bolts. What if you bolt something? And we talked most recently in the last Mishnah about a bolt that had an enormous knob on the end that was more like a pestle, more like something that you would use for grinding spices. So if the knob is also a spice grinder, can you use that on Shabbat to lock a door? That's where we close with the last Mishnah. And now we're going to carry on the discussion about bolts. But we're going to enter a completely new subject. And this is the topic on which the Mishnah will close. We're going to talk about how we use bolts in the temple. So we're going to segue from bolts to bolts in the temple. And that will allow us then to segue in general into things that we do in the temple on Shabbat. Or generally things that we do in the temple. And it's very interesting that the Mishnah is being written 130 years after the temple is destroyed. So these are all memories from the point of view of the rabbis. But what they want to remember as they are closing the Mishnah of Shabbat, which of course is a, you know, a Masechet, which applies both in the temple and outside the temple. It's universal. It's universal throughout the Jewish people. Seems that what they want to remember as they're closing the Mishnah of Shabbat is the Beit Migdash is the temple. And we'll see how little by little, almost without knowing it, the Mishnah draws us into that discussion. But we have to start to get there. We need to go with the bolts. So so yesterday we were looking at bolts that might also be spice grinders. Now we're going to look at a bolt that drags along the ground. In other words, a bolt that drags along the ground. In other words, a bolt that is not necessarily fixed to the door. So when we slide the bolt in to shut the door, we're adding. We're adding something to the building. We're actually mounting the bolt on the door frame. Maybe, maybe that's building. You know, maybe, well, we'll have a discussion as to whether that really is building or not. But that's the issue with a bolt that isn't really attached to the door, but just drags along the ground. Maybe it's tied to the door. Neger, hanigrar, a bolt that is dragged. Nalimbo mavidash, avalo, bam. I'm sorry, there's a word missing in in this safari text. A bolt that drags along the ground can be used to lock in the temple, but not in the country. And one that rests on the ground 
is forbidden in both places. As if to say, this bolt that rests on the ground isn't attached to the door at all. It's just sitting there on the ground waiting for someone to pick it up and shut the door with it. And Rabbi Yudai is going to be more, more lenient. And we'll see in the coming Mishnayot that he's consistently more lenient. Rabbi, Mish, Rabbi Yudai Omer, Hamunach mutdar bamikdash vehanigrar bamadina. As far as he's concerned, as far as Rabbi Yudai is concerned, Hamunach mutar bamikdash, something which is just completely detached but lying on the ground. In other words, the extreme case, the one that's forbidden in both places, according to the first opinion, that is actually permitted in the temple. And in general, we have a rule that rabbinic prohibitions do not apply in the temple. So Rabbi Yudah would say, look, it's a rabbinic prohibition to pick up the bolt that's on the ground and shove it into the door. I think he would probably say that... Um, Adding a bolt to a door is not really building. And one that drags on the ground, the one that drags on the ground is permitted in the country. In other words, the one that sits on the ground is not permitted. But the one that drags on the ground, well, it's pretty much connected to that door anyway. So it's permitted in the country. Let's have a look at the next Mishnah, which is a mirror image. We replace the lower hinge in the temple, but not in the country. This is a door which is hooked onto two hinges. And in, in the old days, I'm sorry, I spent a bit of time looking for a photograph of this, but I couldn't find a photograph. But if you look at, at an Islamic door, you'll see the door is connected to pins on the top on the bottom and the pins just slot into sockets and so the act of mounting effectively mounting the hinge uh, the mounting the hinges is, is the act of just slotting the pin into the socket up and down it's not like screwing a hinge in as we would do today on a wooden door and it can fall out so maybe if it falls out, we need to put it back. Now, of these two hinges, in the view of the Mishnah anyway, the lower one is not really crucial. It's the upper one that holds the door on because the lower one can just rest on the ground. It's the upper hinge that stops the whole door falling over. So the Mishnah says, We can replace the lower hinge in the temple, but not in the country. And the upper one is forbidden in both places. And Rabbi Yudai is going to come and disagree. Rabbi Yudai, Omer, Rabbi Yudai will say, look, this is just a rabbinic prohibition. And we rabbinic prohibitions don't apply in the Migdash. So even the upper one, even the upper one can be replaced in the temple. And the lower one, okay, we wouldn't. The, the lower one can be replaced in the country, even though the upper one is going to be still forbidden in the country. Benedict, in the country, does that mean um, in general, in life, in places other than Beit Hamikdash? That means anywhere outside the Beit Hamikdash. That means anywhere outside the Beit Hamikdash, including, for that matter, in Jerusalem. So we're just talking about the suspension of rabbinic 
prohibitions in the temple, just in the temple. And now we're going to leave the question of bolts and hinges and doors completely. And now we're going to get into a general question of stuff that we do in the, in the temple and not in the country. So, Mahzirin, Mahzirin, Ritiyah Vamigdash. A Ritiyah is a bandage, it's a plaster. Generally, by the way, it'll have some kind of poultice underneath it, which will be made by grinding up herbs. So there, there will be medicine in the poultice, but not in the plaster. Mahzirin, Ritiyah Vamigdash. We can replace a bandage in the temple. But not in the country. And a priest might need a bandage on his hand in order to serve in the temple. So we're dealing here with activities which are needed for the temple service. So that's why the priest might put a bandage on. But the Mishnah says, If this is the first time we put the bandage on, It's forbidden in both places. The first time we put on the bandage, we are going to prepare the poultice underneath it. We're going to prepare medicine. And that really is an Isur Doraita. So we wouldn't do that even in the temple. And along the same lines, One might tie a harp string in the temple, Vamidash. We might tie up a harp string in the temple, but not in the country. Because we're gonna we play music in the temple, even on Shabbat. Until the destruction, we played music in the temple on Shabbat. The Levi'im used to play instruments to go with the singing. We'll find out in the Mishnah Psachim when we uh, as we get into it that actually the original Halal was on Erev Pesach. I hope we'll touch that Mishnah before we before Pesach. They played instruments in the Beit Midash. But, of course, on Shabbat, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't fix a musical instrument on Shabbat. If for the first time it's prohibited in both, I guess this must be setting up the musical instrument for the first time. We can cut off a wart in the temple. Why would you want to cut off a wart? Well, if a priest is blemished, if his hands are disfigured, he can't serve. So for the purpose of temple service, we might want to cut off a wart on Shabbat. We might cut off a, a, a wart in the temple, but not in the country. You know, this Mishnah, you know, is a, it's, like a, it's like poetry, right? This Mishnah, the, the three verses... Uh, the three verses replicate one another. But if we're going to cut it off with an instrument, it's forbidden in both places, again, because this looks like real surgery. I hope that makes clear that the progress that we're making now, from public to private, to keys, to bolts, to bolts in the temple, and then stuff in the temple, and the next two Mishnayot, which finish the Masechet, are both concerned with how we behave in the temple. And that's how the rabbis will close the Masechet. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.